Yes, that is right. You are dialed into Massacre Radio. I, of course, am your host, Members Only Dave. On this, the 28th installment, as we keep on moving right along on this year's program. On today's show, I'm joined by yet another social media sensation, the happiness guru himself, and all-around ladies' man, New Clown Order, joins me. You know, this guy is really interesting. You know, he's been around for a while. He was a lawyer. He had money. He lost it. And now he's rebounded again, finding a new fame with his exposure on various social media platforms. And I wanted to have him on to pick his brain about his newfound popularity and some of the other avenues it's open for him in his life. We'll get to all that and then some coming up next. Come on! This is Master Green. In today's fast-paced world, you have enough to worry about as it is. Abortion, domestic terrorism, gay marriage. Which is why you shouldn't have to worry about finding a radio station that has good family values. Because it's all here for you at your fingertips. Massacre Radio, voted best radio station for a record seventh consecutive year by Reader's Digest. You're listening to the number one radio station in the universe. Massacre Radio on WKMA Cleveland, an HD2 station. Turn it up and rip the knob off. respect me so I'm not a criminal and I'm not a womanizer but women come on to me and sometimes I have difficulty saying no back here on Massacre Radio and you just heard him my guest today you know him from his viral TikTok videos Instagram and the like it's none other than Stu also known by his handle New Clown Order Stu thank you for joining me today how we doing I'm doing really well you know, now that I think about it, I believe you're the first Canadian guest we've had on the show. Uh, not sure what that says about us here at Massacre Radio, but we're all about the diversity, you know? Stu, I wanted to have you on because one of our producers kept sending me your videos on Instagram for about two weeks, and eventually I was like, hey, we got to get this guy on the show, see what he's all about. And as I dug deeper into your TikTok fame, I read that despite your popularity on the platform, numerous accounts of yours that had millions upon millions of views and followers kept getting taken down. What is that all about? Um, TikTok is basically the uh, media branch of the Chinese Communist Party's uh, secret service. So it's set up intentionally to um, get Western minds, mostly, I think, high school and university students to think a certain way. A lot of what I speak about is opening your minds and things like that. And, uh, I also have a lot of uh, haters who, for some reason, don't like what I'm doing or saying. I don't understand. I mean, what could the haters possibly be saying about you, Stu? You seem like a guy who's beyond the criticism, but what's the beef with these folks anyway? Why do they have an axe to grind? Everything that I say and do, they have a, a criticism for it. But really what I've noticed is that the type of people who criticize me like at one point I'd have, I do a co-hosting and someone would come on and it was a woman who was about 20 and she was, you know, so she had that teenage viciousness that women have at that age. So she just like go to the profile pages of every person who paid and mock their appearance, which I think is not a mature, respectable thing to do or a proper thing to do. But, you know, people would complain about my hair. 
bald old man. People, <laughs> you know, everything they commented upon about was exactly what they hated about themselves, which had nothing to do with me because I'm not bald. But. So basically you're saying they were projecting their own insecurities. That's pretty much what I'm gathering here. Yeah, yeah. So I, I, I finally realized that nothing anyone else says means anything at all. It does not change reality. So just for the people listening who don't know, you're a very youthful 63 years young, and it got me wondering just how, at your age, you'd even be turned on to the whole TikTok thing in the first place. How did that come about? I was trying to, I mean, it was during COVID, and I was trying to create some sort of media presence. I've always, ever since I was a little kid, I wanted to be an actor, writer, a motivational speaker, a musician. And I grew up in a family where uh, my family would say, well, that's a nice hobby. Like, those aren't careers. Like, uh, yeah, I was Jewish, so the choice was lawyer, doctor, accountant, or dentist, or architect, <laughs> engineer, you know what? And I figured the only one I could do without working at all was lawyers, because uh, you'd have to learn something ostensibly to do any of those other careers. So I ended up going to law school. I said, I'll only do this for a while. I'll do and I just got sucked into the money, and then shit happened, and uh like I never followed my uh, dream of being an entertainer and I was trying to do it for months and months on Instagram getting no views like you know the people I know would would watch it but that was it and then a real estate agent I was using said Stuart you'd fit on TikTok much better uh, being I was about 60 at the time I didn't really see much I thought I didn't even know about TikTok I never heard of it and so I started using TikTok but I would use it for the filters and then post on Instagram post on TikTok Still getting very few views. And then someone, my numbers were public, and a woman from Vancouver uh, called me and said, Stuart, take off the filters. Trust me. And I took off the filters and it blasted, which on uh, TikTok just kept going and going. But then I get up to a million followers, shut down. Get up to 400,000 followers, shut down. And then um, a few months ago, I said, like, why am I doing it on TikTok? They're doing nothing to support me. They're trying to destroy me. They take down every 10th video I have to feel. And I went back to Instagram and things just blasted off. Well, it's crazy that they continually take down your account because it's not like you post offensive or totally lewd content, you know? It's mostly you with your camera ranting or just really being yourself, more or less. And I can see how that would be an attractive content piece for users. Yeah, I, I mean, the lesson is that, you know, people spend so much time worrying about the past, which is something that isn't real because you can't touch it. You can't feel it. You can not You can remember it and you might be able to learn from it, but people live in it instead of living in the present. And then they spend the rest of their time worrying about what's going to happen tomorrow. So they completely walk through today in a complete daze. And I'm trying to say like, this moment is all that's really real. It's all you can experience. And social media um, certainly um, magnifies the, the loss of pe- people's loss of reality and their inability to deal with anything that's real. I've sort of behaved this way all the time. The way I'm silly and playing and jumping around, that's how for years and years and years I played with my kids as they were growing up. Uh, and that's how I played when I was a kid. So I just live in the moment. I think that's in a, a world that's so cold and, and plastic and fake, something that even resembles reality, that someone who's actually living, I think, inspires people to hopefully do the same. My guest today is Stu, better known as New Clown Order on both Instagram and TikTok. He's a happiness guru, and he spreads nothing but positivity. I want to get back to the TikTok thing in a minute here, Stu, but first I wanted to ask, I know this might come across as foolish for me to ask, but I read that in your upbringing here. It says you grew up a rich kid, and I just can't help but ask what that was like for you. Did you realize how special that was at the time, or did you just kind of assume it as the norm? Well, (laughs) it just seemed normal. Like, I had no idea that I was rich. 
I just thought everyone lived like that because I, it was like I lived in a it was Forest Hill Village, which was in the center of Toronto, Ontario. But it was a sep- it was actually until six, 1967, until I was seven years old, it was a separate village. So it had its own police department, its own school board, its own libraries, and everything was over the top because there was so much money in the area. You know, t- today the cheapest house in that area in Forest Hill, what was the village, would be probably around five million dollars if that. So you're saying you weren't just a rich kid in a random neighborhood. You were more or less a rich kid amongst other very rich kids. I mean, you probably have some pretty fun stories about getting down back then, I take it, huh? Yeah, like everybody was a rich kid. It was like sort of my party years. It was weed, 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 you know, shrooms and acid. There wasn't really any other drugs around or nobody was interested in them, certainly. Which is sort of what, in my old age, I went back to, too, because those are healthy, natural products. As opposed Acid is a little bit processed, but uh, like shrooms and weed and stuff like that, that's, you know, it's on the planet Earth for a reason, whether you believe in God or evolution. Obviously, at one point, there's a reason why our receptors bind to it. And I think the problem today with drugs is they've made them unnatural. You know, you mentioned it there, the whole mushrooms thing, and I read that at one point in your life, Stu, you took 20 to 50 grams of psychedelic mushrooms per day. Why do that every day, and in what ways has using psychedelics enriched your life, do you think? Well, I think using hallucinogenics like mushrooms, and there's clear science before that, I was using a lot of DMT too, causes neurogenesis. So it causes your brain to actually grow new neurons and your body to repair nerve damage and stuff like that. So they're they're great medicine. And again, I'm not encouraging like 16-year-olds or 12-year-olds or 15-year-olds, even 18-year-olds necessarily to do them. And I think they should be done in a proper manner, even though I, I used them as a party drug. I don't think that's the way they're intended to be used by nature. So do you still do any microdosing of any kind these days just to kind of give you a little pep in the step, so to speak? Maybe spark some creativity, perhaps? Right now, I haven't, you know, for a few months just because I'm broke. But yeah, that when uh, I, I do do them when they're available. And uh, it's unfortunate. I bought some in a dispensary in Vancouver because they're openly sold in dispensaries. It's like the gray market. So the police don't bother them and people sell them as long as they keep, I think, people under 19 out of them. And But I'm pretty sure that they were some sort of synthetic because it was a small amount. And like I've done shrooms and not enough to know what shrooms are like. So I was really surprised uh, that they seem very synthetic. Last question here on the psychedelics, and then we can move on here, Stu. Do you have a preference between mushrooms or acid? I, I used to sort of like acid because it was like it would hit harder. Like I would do 20, 30, 40 tabs, which, you know, that would be like you can't eat an ounce of mushrooms. Like most yeah, I've ever taken probably yes. 10, 10 grams, right? But now I, I sort of like in my respect for nature, my belief that like the universe is perfect as it is. I don't think we have to make our own drugs, that the ones available from nature are probably better than 95% of the stuff that comes out of even pharmaceutical companies. So I'm very much a naturalist, sort of. So shrooms and DMT and, and uh, we are pretty well all I do. We're going to take a brief time out here on Massacre Radio and be back with more from my guest, New Clown Order, after this. I think you freaky and I like you a lot. I think you freaky and I like you a lot. Somebody get Don Ho off me. I think you I think you WKMA Cleveland, an HD2 station. 
You're listening to Massacre Radio on WKMA Cleveland and HD2 Station, and my guest today is Stu, better known from his social media tag as New Clown Order. And if you're just joining us, we've discussed everything from rich kids to acid trips. Stu, I wanted to get back to your whole TikTok and Instagram thing. You had mentioned that you're broke, and it just kind of makes me wonder if you've ever had an endorsement deal or if you've ever been approached for a sponsorship stemming from your online presence. That seems like something that would be at play. I have been approached by a few companies, but I figured I've come this long and struggled so hard hard and, and went through so much that I'm not going to sell out. Like every time in my life, I sold it for the money. I realized I had lots of money, but happiness is more important than money. And happiness is the currency of the universe. So most people have it wrong. They chase money thinking with money they're going to buy something that gives them happiness. Whereas if instead, if they manifested happiness with their own thoughts, by sitting alone and focusing on happiness and focusing on positivity, that happiness will manifest everything else. So people are just going about life backwards. You know, I've heard that numerous times throughout my life from many different people, so there has to be something to that whole happiness and money thing, you know? People have watched me do it, so it's not hearing it from me. If you look <laughs> at um, the last two years on TikTok, you can, you can watch me manifest things, um, including a career that I'm manifesting now. So, Stu, in some of your videos, I've noticed that you were posted up with a few lovely ladies, some younger ones even, so you're still doing okay in that category even at the age of 63, which I'm sure has to feel great, no? Um, throughout my life, I, I think it's my personality. Or it's, it's like Women would throw this out at me, and people would say, oh, it's because you're rich. Oh, it's because you're rich. And even when I didn't have money, they said, oh, well, they saw your car keys. Nobody saw my car keys on the table or something. <laughs> But I sort of believe that because I thought I'm not like classically good looking, not big and strong and tough or whatever. And then I had no money and the same thing happened, you know, because at various times in my life. And through TikTok, it became very obvious that it's my energy, like a positivity that attracts women, like BDE or whatever, you know, <laughs> confidence and positivity. I couldn't agree more. And I see that these are young, nubile ladies. I mean, you still pull chicks that are in their 20s and 30s, right? I have, you know what? I always people used to always make fun of me for being a, saying I had mummy issues because I used to date women much older than me when I was younger. Yeah. Then slowly they became closer to my age. Now <laughs> then, slowly a little bit under. But um, the like lots of women have actually pictures of actually on dates and stuff like that. But the the youngest woman I've actually been with is uh, thirty two. Okay, thirty two. So it's not like you have twenty five year olds throwing themselves at you then, huh? I, I do have one in, uh, who's twenty five, and we sort of. Uh, fallen in love and I'm just thinking I don't know if it's fair or right you know she's madly in love with me and but she's very mature for 25 but I'm 63 that's like and I used to always laugh at men who dated younger women so I'm obviously going to do it because everything you want you come to be you know so new clown order is my guest today we'll move away from the relationship talk here and Stu it's my understanding that you're shooting a movie this summer a sort of biopic on your life what can you tell us about that project yeah, I mean, uh, there's a short attached on my uh, Instagram that I did with, uh, and some of the people involved in that want to do a feature-length film basically based on my life called Mistrial, and which, uh, because if you Google me, you see a lot more than just the TikTok, you, see, you know, a robbery of a Brinks truck, uh, my past as a heroin addict, uh, and all sorts of shit, being arrested a bunch of times. <laughs> and so, I, so the, the premise is I go out on a Tinder date, and instead of using my name, I use my younger brother's name. Like the, uh, the, you know, the proper good boy from Forest Hill who 
follow the right path. Right? And then I sit yeah. down in the restaurant and I say, my name isn't uh, Jonathan. It's actually Stuart. And this is my life story. And so I, it's sort of a documentary based on a, a documentary uh, romantic comedy. I see a romantic comedy documentary. You have piqued my interest, Stu. Uh, you kind of touched on it there in your answer, the bit about your past and the Brinks truck robbery. I have that here on my sheet, and I was going to ask you just about what happened with that incident and what your involvement was. I know the security guard ended up dying. Well, I actually, my, my involvement was involved in uh, preparation, like getting vehicles and laundering the money afterwards. Got you. So you weren't so, actually there when he got shot and killed. I wasn't actually there, and you know, I, you know. But there was going to be a second robbery that I was going to go to, but everybody got arrested before. Because I thought if I was there, it would have gone better. Because it was really well planned out. It was actually uh, the guard's fault that it went wrong because they had gone twice before. And each time, if the trucks weren't, the truck wasn't in the right position, they just called it off and they come back next week. So somebody said they had walkie-talkies, not cell phones at that time. So someone opened their jacket and said red or whatever the code was for canceling it. And the guard saw the gun and shot the guy. And his friend ran over and shot the the guard, and then all they got was one bag of money with like $170,000, $180,000 in it. Look, Stu, I know this happened some 30 years ago, and I don't want to dwell on it too much, but you got to walk me through this. You said you were the one who planned the operation. How did you even come up with a plan like that? Did you have to get like a map of the area? You know, not that we're trying to encourage any copycat crimes here, but I'm just so fascinated with this, Stu. Well, it was really planned out in that, you know, the Everything would have gone perfectly. In fact, they had on stage makeup, making them look as though they were not white. And they talked, every time they talked, if anybody heard them, they were in French-Canadian accents. There were a lot of uh, French-Canadian guys coming to Toronto who were black and robbing people. Like, you know, they, they come here to rob people. Same with, I guess, people go to Montreal, you know, so you wouldn't be recognized. So until someone rolled, they were looking for um, totally different people. Uh, the getaway vehicle had a fake bomb in it like a plastic with red lights so as soon as they went from one vehicle to another vehicle all the roads got shut shut down and shit like that so you never ended up getting caught or doing any time for that right Stu? no i was found not guilty i was acquitted gotcha gotcha okay i wanted to also ask you because it says here on my research sheet that you were once addicted to heroin and you've since kicked what was it that happened that led to your decision to give it up entirely and how did you do it um i kicked because I finally realized that I'd have more fun in life uh, without heroin than with it. And then I just uh, used uh, methadone to wean myself off. So once I made the decision, like you think it's so horrible, but it's all most of that horrible. There is physical discomfort, but no one's ever died from heroin withdrawal. And you go through it in a few days, like three, four days, and you're better. So it's like, it's a bad flu. Why can't you go through it? Because you don't want to feel anything like it. You're feeling numb. You feel no pain. So some people can't deal with pain, and you know it's more the psychological pain that comes than, than the physical pain. But you focus on the physical because it's easier to focus on the physical than take responsibility. Just a few more questions, then we'll wrap this up here. You know, we talk about aliens a lot here on the show, Stu. So I wanted to know your thoughts on extraterrestrials and whether they're among us these days, running certain facets of our day-to-day life, perhaps. Well, we're all <laughs> we're all extraterrestrials, right? Nobody came from Earth. Everything came, like, right? Because it all created the, the Big Bang. So um, it would be completely beyond the, the scope of reality to think that as vast as the universe is, as infinite as it is, that there's no other life forms. But I think we're also looking at uh, life forms. We're assuming they're carbon-based. We're assuming they're 
solid instead of liquid or fluid or gaseous or some other way or energetic. So um, I'm convinced there are other forms of life, probably even on Earth. Because of the, the vastness of the universe, I would think they'd have to travel through some sort of interdimensional means, be it a wormhole or just dimensional travel that uh, we can't comprehend. Stu, have you given much thought to the possibility of there being secret underwater caves in the ocean that house and store these interdimensional spacecrafts? Well, there, there's certainly something going on there, but uh, what it is, I mean, like octopi have greater intelligence than we do, um, but they don't have hands, you know, but do they communicate in other ways? They don't have, like the language and stuff. But um, yeah, I mean, uh, there's definitely other uh, entities from other places. I mean, one one theory I have, even though it was sort of a joke when I was high, but like the thing that makes most sense, especially looking at my life, the aliens who are, are vastly more intelligent, put all these little animals, us, on this little planet and they're watching and we're just entertainment for them. It's like a, a real live, what's the Truman show? Yeah. But they can actually watch all of us at the same time because they have much greater comprehension skills. We have, they're, they have like real brains instead of our little puny brains. Well, thinking about it like that, it's kind of a terrarium of sorts, you know? I mean, but you look at it, it, it has everything that uh, all the video games have, like massive things blowing up, all the romantic st- stuff, everything. I mean, it's almost probable that we're some sort of, uh, Simulation created by some sort of higher intelligence. New Clown Order is my guest. You know, I'm kind of all over the place here with these questions, but this one I just have to ask. You're 63 years old, like we've discussed, and yet I see in your videos you walking around and rapping along to some old-school tracks sometimes, like Dr. Dre, for example, I know for sure. I'm somewhat of a rap enthusiast myself, Stu, and I know you appreciate the art of storytelling in rap, so I gotta know, who are your favorites? The first guy I was really into probably was for story, storytelling was either Jill Scott Heron, who wasn't was more of jazz than rap, and he was in the '60s. And then I think Slick Rick the Ruler was a great storyteller. Tupac was a great storyteller. Slick Rick, I can dig that. That is a great choice. Um, but doesn't like? But he was one of the original storytellers. Like his each of, of his songs had a story in it. And and I sometimes when there's a beat on, if I'm in a Starbucks or something and there's beat on, I'll start like telling stories just to beat because I can rhyme naturally because I used to do it in grade school. I'd write poems for all the girls. So I got really good at rhyming. I need sort of a, um, a beat to do it, but I, I do freestyle. I completely freestyle, like make it up as I'm going along. Oh man, had I known that, I would have had a beat all set up and ready to go for you, Stu. <laughs> and I have the perfect name because Stu rhymes with two do new i mean it rhymes with a thousand like can't have a better name than super rap rhyming with it <laughs> <laughs> so remind the people where they can find you online i know you're spread across multiple platforms here the, the instagram's new clown order um uh, youtube is new clown order and um twitter is the da- dally gangster <laughs> what what is it again i want to pull dally this up Lama. okay dally gangster dally okay. yeah instead of dally rap instead of dally Lama, dally gang so you are in fact active on twitter yeah I, I I was usually reposting. What I was doing before was just posting on Instagram and TikTok and reposting everywhere. But now I'm doing more on t- Instagram because I'm getting way more views on Instagram. No, like, I don't think anything I put out in the last three weeks or four weeks has gone got under twenty thousand views. Most over forty or fifty, a bunch over a hundred, a thousand over a million. Like it's just a, like my Instagram has just gone crazy suddenly. Be sure to check it out. My guest today has been New Clown Order. Stu, thank you so much for your time today. All the best to you and yours. You take care, and you're welcome back on the show anytime. Okay, thank you. Anytime. Massacre.
A special thanks again to my guest today, New Clown Order, for joining me, taking time out of his busy schedule to come talk some shop here on the program. Hey, looking ahead here a bit to episode 29 for next week, we have something very special lined up you are not going to want to miss. I'll give you a hint, uh, and that hint is KK Kill the Fetus. That's all I'm going to say. And on that note, as always, I've been your host, Members Only Dave, and I'll talk at you next week. 